We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And I feel like as tradition, I start most of these conversations by commenting on the weather. So I was going to not do that. I was going, I was just going to say something about, I don't know. I have, I think the pandemic has broken me where I don't know how to have small conversation like small talk Mm -hmm. was already hard for me it's definitely very difficult for me now and I realize I think I think the weather is my like safe space yeah yeah I think I agree with that (laughs) not because I need that with you Sasha but I'm like trying to think of like if you're listening to this podcast what might you like we at least like the way I've always approached this podcast and I think like I speak on behalf of Sasha too we've always viewed it as like a conversation with the person listening so that's why like I try to think of these intros and to be honest with all of you I've not come up with something better than (laughs) well the weather is this oh I'm gonna have to like figure something out as this pandemic starts to wind down a little bit in life resumes not everyone's gonna want to listen to me talk about the weather all the time I did I was starting to get comfortable with the you know 60 plus degrees outside Mm -hmm. that was nice (laughs) it was it was fake spring yeah it was very much where you think uh (laughs) spring is here and then you get a nice little round we even might get snow in Nebraska well I should say I can't complain. Some of you in Colorado in the panhandle of Nebraska got like 36 inches of snow. I'm probably exaggerating. I don't know what's true and false anymore. And instead of Googling that or looking it up, I'm just choosing to believe the most uh, out there thing I read on Twitter, (laughs) which I saw was 36 inches. So that has to be true, right? That's how the internet works. If it's there, it's true. Yeah. um, There's actually another part of our team here at Herd at Media that um, was out in Denver and he mm. said it was it was like 26 inches in 24 hours where he was at. Okay, so I'm not completely off. Yeah. So the internet's yeah. not completely wrong. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to just forewarn all of you listening to this episode that today is going to be a little bit of a heavier topic. Not that like the things that we don't talk about don't have their importance or their heaviness, but today is heavy. I do want to offer a trigger warning for anyone who um, it may be difficult to listen to uh, for any type of, whether that be assault, um, 
any kind of, of trauma related to or surrounding assault, this might be, um, that would be the trigger warning, I think. Yes. Thank you. I was trying to think of how I would word that. And I want you to know, like, if you need to leave at any point or whatever, that's totally okay. Uh, it's just the reason that we wanted to talk about this is there has been a story in the news. It was, I'll start here of the, the headline that is pulled up on my computer right now from the New York times is that Brit- British police officer charged with the murder and killing of Sarah Everard, Everard, excuse me. And if you've been on the internet at all over the last week, you have surely seen uh, tweets. Uh, you've probably seen women in your life sharing uh, stories on Instagram, maybe on Facebook about, you know, maybe personal experiences or, just sharing information. And we wanted to provide some context to this. And just honestly, as women, (laughs) we have a lot of thoughts about this too. So we wanted to discuss it. Mm -hmm. And I will be perfectly honest with you, Sasha. I came to this very much not prepared because I didn't want to over-prepare my thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm going to stumble through this. And, you know, this is one time where I'm going to remember to say this right off the top. If you have any thoughts or questions or want to talk, we are at mindyourownpodcast at hailvarsity.com. Again, mindyourownpodcast at hailvarsity.com. The one thing I've really appreciated about this podcast is that I feel like we're always learning and growing together. And that includes when we hear from you. So please, for any reason, reach out. Yes. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. So before, before we get into what happened, I want to just say for myself why this story has hit such a nerve. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I ignored this story for probably 24 hours after I saw it. Mm-hmm. Not because I couldn't deal with it, but because I just knew it would upset me. So I, out of maybe self-preservation, if that's the correct word, was just like, I can't spend energy here right now. But then I started to see more and more of my friends sharing things. And the reality for so many women is that it is not safe to live. There's really not much that you can do in the world that doesn't require thought from you as a woman about how to protect yourself, how to stay safe. And it's everything from just to start here on a football game day. So I want, if, if you're somebody who's here because of sports, I want to just tell you really quick why this story matters beyond the fact that it doesn't matter. It happened in another country. This is happening very much here. I can't walk alone after a game. I've never been able to walk alone after a game. I have to plan whether I'm walking with somebody else. If I get picked up or dropped off, I can't even drive my car into the rail yard as a woman alone without a drunk man pounding on my car and trying to get into it. Yep. We'll dive more into this, but I just wanted to provide that as a start that even on like a game day, which for so many people is this like fun, amazing, exciting environment and time, there are people where it's quite literally not safe. And that is the reality of, for me. 
And when people give me a hard time about hating night games, part of it is because I don't really like figuring out what my life looks like at midnight to 1am after I've just spent several hours working. Yep. So that's why, that's why we want to talk about this beyond not that I need, it's funny not that we need to preface that because we've always said this podcast doesn't always stick to sports and we rarely do, but I just wanted to at least provide a sports context. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, y'all, it doesn't matter if you come to this podcast and you're disappointed that we're not diving into sports more heavily. We'll get more into this, but like this does impact sports too, because it impacts the people who work within this world. So I do want to read part of, I won't read the whole post by, um, it's Lucy mountain on, um, Instagram, but this is what struck the chord with me and why I brought this up to you of something that I would be willing to talk about because this really struck a chord with me because of how ingrained it is for women just period from like Mm -hmm. the time that you are able to go anywhere by yourself, it is ingrained in you. Mm -hmm. I have also felt a deep sense of connection between myself and other women this week. I've had conversations about how hyper-conscious of our safety is just something we've done throughout our entire lives. The deep sense of connection is one of fear. We've all shared our live locations. We've all changed our shoes. We've all held our keys between our fingers. We've all made phone calls, both real and fake. We've all tucked our hair inside our coats. We've all run down dark roads. We've all theorized our escape routes. What's so insidious is that these things don't feel like special safety tools. They're literally just ingrained behaviors and actions that we've had to pick up since we were little girls, because that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Text me when you get home as standard procedure amongst women. It's autopilot. You know, and I actually was thinking about that because I saw Sasha, I believe you had shared it on Instagram and because of you, I shared it, but it was the graphic that said, text me when you get home. And there's oftentimes as a woman where I feel like that I haven't done enough for a friend when I say text me when you get home, because it feels like I should do more, but in a lot of ways, that's the only thing that I can do. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I have seen yes, we've all stayed on the phone with somebody longer just to make sure that like, if somebody's coming to murder you, they're now going to have to do it while I'm sitting on the phone at the same time. But the yep. reality is, is like, and this is what Sarah in England, her story has shown is it really doesn't matter. You you can be on the phone. You can be on FaceTime. It does not matter. You are not safe. If somebody is, if there's a predator looking for you, it will not matter if you have the biggest spotlight of what you think on yourself. Mm -hmm. And so for anyone, if you are listening and you're not fully um, aware of the story, a police officer was charged. I'm reading from the New York times because it's to be quite frank, easier to uh, regurgitate what somebody else has said in this case Mm -hmm. versus trying to summarize it myself. But a police officer was charged late Friday with kidnapping and murdering Sarah Everard, a marketing executive who went missing in South London last week and whose disappearance has touched off a national outcry and now an international outcry. That's my own editorialization over violence against women. Um, This officer's primary role was patrolling diplomatic premises. He appeared in court on Saturday to face his charges. Um, I... (sighs) She had left a friend's house in the neighborhood 
in the Clapham neighborhood in South London around 9 p.m. on March 3rd and was last seen on a CCTV camera around 9.30 p.m. in a residential area. Her journey home should have taken her around 50 minutes. Um, Her body was found, you know, what was it, almost a week later. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't really matter to me. I, I will be... I will say I haven't seen a lot of people defending of like, oh, well, you shouldn't walk or whatever, but I know they're out there again. Um, I know they're out there, but I looked at that timestamp, 9, 9.30 p.m. in the evening, and I don't know how many times I probably would think that that's a relatively safe hour. Even as a woman, I tend to think, depending on the situation, depending on the route, if I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I f- when I used to live in, the old market in Omaha, I would walk, you know, a few blocks home up until about 10 PM and feel all right. Mm. But like, I looked at that timestamp and it like made my heart drop where it's like, it's only nine, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) It's probably dark. Um, and it doesn't matter quite frankly, if it's nine in the morning, if somebody wants to attack you, if a, if a man wants to attack you, he's going to do it. It doesn't matter. It could be broad daylight. We have learned that. But I think that was like in my head where I'm trying to imagine where she might have been. You're thinking it's 9 PM, right? I'm not, I, I know this route. I know what I'm doing. I'll, I'll text a friend and let them know what's going on. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be aware of my surroundings. I'll be fine. It's only, it's only 9 PM. Like I, I should be okay walking yeah. this at 9 PM. Like I I'm reasoning in my head where she probably was. And that's where I have been many times. It's, it's only this, like, it shouldn't be that big of a deal, mm-hmm. yep. but what that reminded me of when I read this and I, I'm not going to cry, but I want to, but like when I started to reason in my head, you know, where she might have been of it's, you know, it's 9 PM. I'm comfortable. Like, and all of this is me editorializing, but it's, it's what I, as a woman imagine where she probably was. I do this all the time. When I go out for a run, I'll, I'll turn off, you know, I'll run with only one earbud in or I'll, I'll turn off the, um, the noise canceling. I'll have the, the environmental sounds on. So even as I'm running, I can still hear what's going on. If I'm doing something, if I'm going for a walk with my dogs, um, I won't have earphones in because I I have more limited mobility because I'm also like controlling these dogs. I won't go a route I'm not familiar or comfortable with. I look around when I'm out. I'll only stay in the neighborhood. Yeah. And even as I'm going through the neighborhood, if I ever get really uncomfortable, I start looking at the houses. Does somebody look like their home? Mm -hmm. Does it look like if I had to like go into somebody's backyard to make it look like I lived here? Could I do that? Like I'm constantly plotting or planning ways that I can get out of a situation if I have to. And that is in the middle of the day. I have been followed on runs in the middle of the day. We've talked about that on this podcast. I just said I had a drunk guy slamming on my car in the rail yard after a Nebraska football game. And I'm in a locked vehicle and I'm still terrified of what could happen. I can understand why she probably thought it was okay. Yeah. Honestly, because she really probably thought it was okay. She had a plan, you know, she as a woman, had a plan. <laughs> Yeah. And then as a woman, you find out you doesn't matter. Yep. 
it just doesn't matter. Yeah, I when I saw this and then kind of the subsequent response, both from um, all women, <laughs> um, but some men, um, it really struck a chord with me because it's like, you know, people really just don't, unless you're a female, you really just don't and cannot possibly understand. It doesn't Mm-mm. matter how much we reprepare or if I had my keys permanently installed into my hand, that's not going to, it's literally not going to do anything. But the fact that we have to have all these things in place just to be alive mm-hmm. is I don't care that it's not all men. It's the fact that there are some and it's all women. It's all women. All women have a story. All women have a story. I, I literally, I was downtown. This was 10 and a half years ago, but it's still, it's embarrassing and it still hurts, but it's gotten lesser over time. But I did what I thought I was supposed to do. I was trying to get a, a cab to go home. It wasn't a cab. (laughs) He had the ticker in his car. He had, I mean, this was when cabs were still a thing. He had the magnet on the side of his car. And I'd been in cabs before where they pulled over and asked, hey, is it cool if I get another passenger? But this was, I think it was about 10 o'clock at night. And he didn't stop to pick up somebody else. He stopped so that he could drag me out of his car and assault me. He had a gun. I I tried to escape. I knew where my phone was. I had it actually tucked in my boot in case because I didn't have a purse on me. That's where I kept my ID in my phone so that I could grab it in the knee and then, you know, so someone else couldn't steal my phone basically in the event that I was in a situation that I couldn't get out of. That didn't work either because he smashed my phone and my, (laughs) my face because he was like, you're not going to escape and then followed me. When I did, like for several blocks, I had to run down the middle of Dodge Street all because I tried to take a cab home. Like it is impossible for any man to understand that fear. I thought I was going to die. I literally thought I was going to lose my life that night. So don't tell me that it's not all men. The fact that there are some is all that matters. That's why the story should matter. And that's why you should listen to every single woman when they tell you what it's like, because it's a real thing. I was not able to go anywhere or do anything by myself for years. I had to live with roommates. And even then I had to make sure they were home at all times because I thought I was getting in a cab. So the guy had my address. So when I hear a sound and no one was home, I thought he found me and this is going to be it for years after that. So don't tell me or make excuses for other people. Just stop doing this stuff to women. Stop. Because the lasting effects in my entire life probably will never go away ever. I'm less scared now. But the fact that it was ever in that situation by trying to do the right thing is the reason we wanted to talk about this today. First and foremost, I'm collecting myself at the moment. I'm. I ran into a gas station and a group of men was like, (sighs) what my I mean, my face was in pretty bad shape. And they're like, oh, my God, are you okay?" And I was like, no, I'm not. This guy stole my phone. I just need to get home. And I got home. My roommates heard me like bawling still these gentlemen 
gave me a ride to my house. I just needed to get out of there. They called the cops at the gas station. I got home and my roommates are like, oh my God, what happened? And forced me to go to the hospital. I didn't want to go because I was scared. And there's like, first and foremost, I'm sorry that that had that ever happened to you. And that like, it makes me so mad because uh, it upsets me so much because like, there are so many women I know who have gone through this. Like, no, let me stop. It's not even so many women, pretty much every woman I know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's like, it's all levels of it. It's not like, you know, it's, it's everything from like, this guy was making me really uncomfortable, like yep. to, Hey, I need to go to the bathroom. Do you mind coming with me? Or can you watch my drink? Um, and not just watch it. It's not like, don't like, I need, like, and don't I need, let it out of your sight. Yeah. I need men to understand when we say that it's not just like, I'm going to like be at this table and it's going to be here with me. It's like, I have to put my hand over it or I have to yep. like, make sure that like no one comes near it because even if I take my eye off it for, for a second, it's so easy. I've had friends who've had, who've been, who've had the date rape drugs snuck into their drinks Thankfully, nothing happened, but they know because it just, it just wrecked them. Yep. And thankfully they were in environments and situations where something bad didn't happen, but it so easily could have. And you think of like how that got into their drink. When I remember one time at a bar in Lincoln, a friend of mine, we couldn't even figure out how it happened because we swore we were looking at it. So the fact that like, it probably was the bartender but we have no proof. You know what I mean? Like there's like, yeah. and so then it's like, you start to make a big deal about it and it becomes a like, what if we're you accusing somebody, be- right? Like what if I'm accusing somebody who didn't do something? Well, and then what always compiles this for me and what makes me the most angry, like I'm 10 and a half years removed from this. It is still painful, but it's e- a little easier to talk about. But the fact that when you go through an ordeal like that and you make a report, you're asked a series of questions, basically asking you if you did this to yourself. What were you wearing? Yeah. Uh, uh, did you offer a favor in exchange for this ride? Did you do this? And I, I understand that that's the job, but I also feel like that in a way is victim blaming. Like we've got to stop. We've got to stop with this notion that somehow in any way, shape or form, any woman is asking to be harassed ever. I don't give a crap what I was wearing. I don't give a crap what state of mind I was in or what any other woman is wearing or what state of mind they're in. It is not, it is not their fault. So the victim blaming that then comes along with this and by saying it's not all men is in a way victim blaming. Yeah, I think. Or making excuses. Yeah. And I think something for myself, when you talk about that, when we talk, when we have spoken before about why it's so important for, um, industries, so male dominated industries to hire more women, uh, same thing with people of color, there's a reason for it because when women exist in spaces like a police force, Mm -hmm. there's an understanding of these type of things that a man does not understand. And I, I'm not saying that having an entire police force of women changes things, but at the very least having one person in that department understand, yeah, it's stupid of you to even ask like in a way 
could they have brought this upon themselves? Like it's victim blaming is very real and we do it a lot. We do it a lot, whether we intend to or not. It's always, for instance, even the most well-intentioned men in my life will say, well, just don't walk alone at night. Yeah. And then my response is, but you can. Right. So why can't I? Right. Yes. There's probably a difference between like a big, you know, six foot or greater dude walking around, but that really shouldn't make any difference. Like just because you look like you could beat somebody up, doesn't mean like you get to live your life and I don't. Yeah. I, I like, I, again, it's always well-intentioned. I think people are doing it because they want to help. They feel like I'm helping protect you by offering this up. Yeah. What I need you to do is start educating your friends, yep. educating the men in your life, educating your sons, because we, we educate our daughters from the moment that they're able to go anywhere alone. I remember like from the moment I ever, I had to call my mom the moment I got anywhere. Mm-hmm. So she know I made, she knew I made it safely. It's the teaching your daughters where to put the key in your hand. So that way, if somebody attacks you, how you might have the best chance to stab them with your keys. If you need to, it's the, I've never taken a self-defense class, by the way. But even I know if somebody attacks you where you're supposed to hit them in the nose, because it will, essentially momentarily like disable them from continuing to fight you because it will hurt so badly. Like it's these things that like, I don't, I couldn't even pinpoint the like conversation I've had, but I've just acquired this knowledge from a very young age. So that way I can be, I can be more prepared to keep myself safe. But we talked about this on this episode one of the very first times I ever was harassed, I was walking home from middle school and a group of teenage mm-hmm. boys yelled out the car at me to the point where I never walked home by myself again. Yeah. I never walked home. I started finding rides home because I was so scared. What if they came yeah. by again? <sighs> so there's something else that, that also really just, bothers me. So I'm so sorry, it. Sasha. I just have to say that again. I'm just like, if this is one of those times in my life where if like you could reach back in time, I wish that like, okay. I, I want to like fight someone say, for you. <laughs> I know this sounds like messed up. I have been, it's taken me a long time to get where I am with a lot of that today. And it's hard and off and as awful. And as I mean, embarrassing any other emotion that you can possibly think of when, if, when thinking about being in that situation, I mean, I don't know that I'll ever be a big enough person to forgive that, that human being for doing that to me. But I think that I am more resilient than I could ever possibly have been without having had to go through something traumatic like that. Um, I mean, I'm not like a religious person, but I, I think that somewhere in the universe, someone was looking out for me because I don't think that my work here was done, like impacting people in a positive way. So if I'm able to share and talk about it now, I mean, it's taken me 10 and a half years to be able to talk about it. But if, if I can even just shed some light on, on these types of situations that women have to go through, um, I'm not thankful that it happened to me, but if you didn't know someone who's been assaulted, now you guys do. Mm -hmm. It sucks and it's awful. 
I guarantee you I'm not the only one. I think, you know. I think that's the realization that, you know, so working in sports, I get asked a lot about my, how I, you know, about my own experiences within this world. People want to know what it's like to be a woman in a male dominated space. And I mean this when I say it, I have, I have been fortunate enough in my career that I only have one instance of which I have very, I've, I've never publicly shared and I don't know if I ever will, but I only have one instance and it's not, it's, it's not as dramatic as I'm making it sound, but one I could point to where I would say a situation with a member of a team legitimately made me uncomfortable. Yeah. But in that time frame, I've never really had any significant issue with players, coaches. They've always treated me 100% as a peer, as uh, somebody who is respected and welcomed in the space that I'm in. I can't say that for all women in this industry. And so when I hear women say that hasn't been my experience, I believe them because I know for a fact that my experience is not representative of everyone else's. I really get tired of people not just wanting to believe women. Yep. We tend to want to do this thing. And I use the, I use we as the broad we, but I mean this, I want you to even think in your, in your own life, we have a tendency to question the validity of things because could this person just be doing this for attention? Mm -hmm. Could this person just be looking for sympathy? Could this person have done something that ultimately put them in the position that they're in? And it, it, that, it, that series of questioning is what brings women not to come forward. It is what brings women not to share their stories because it's a feeling of shame Mm -hmm. of embarrassment. You feel like you did something wrong. You put yourself in that position. The things that I have experienced in my life where I have been put into a spot where I feel really uncomfortable, I'm left to question what I did. What did I do that made it so that I couldn't, I couldn't be in that role that I put myself in that role for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's never been about the length of my shorts. It's never been about me wearing a tank top. Like I think back to when I was in like elementary and middle school and how we couldn't like girls couldn't wear tank tops where the strap was smaller than three fingers and you couldn't. It wasn't for our benefit, by the way, just to clarify where Aaron's going with this. This was because of how boys might react. Think about that. Right. It was basically saying that men and boys, and I'm saying men too, could not, could not resist themselves if my shorts were shorter than my fingertips. Well, that really sucked for someone like me, whose body quite literally, I have a shorter upper body and my legs are the longest part. I have long legs for my short body, (laughs) Um, which meant that shorts were always above my fingertips. Like, like I would have to wear cargo shorts or like those like long, like Bermuda shorts to essentially live by the rules. And so what it was saying was I, as a young woman from the time I was in elementary school through high school had to dress in a certain way that was not comfortable for me oftentimes in, you know, hundred degree weather, because it could potentially arouse a man or a boy into doing something that they apparently can't stop themselves from. And yet how, how am I then as a woman able to look at men and control myself? Like it's just, 
it was always very like I, I hated that rule where it's like if you're sh- like you, you'd get sent to the office. I watched friends be humiliated because a teacher deemed their tank top strap too sh- too small. So mm. they would get sent to the office to pull something out of the lost and found so that they could put it over their tank top. And then they got to be embarrassed because people knew what was going on. So right. It was better to embarrass the shit out of that young woman and make her feel like she had done something wrong than to say, you know, that tank top's actually not that big of a deal. Right. She's and I feel like by doing outside. <laughs> right, exactly. I feel like by adults in those situations, because I remember that very vividly too, all you're doing is further instilling that in those little boys. So like we need to change that entire conversation, period. The, the whole excuse of, oh, he's just being nice when you're out with your girlfriends and some guys being a belligerent asshole. No, he's not being nice. He's harassing me. And you should probably tell him to stop. Like that's, I mean, that's, that's on girls. Girls always have to have girls backs. Dudes should have other dudes backs and and telling them, no, that's not okay. You know, the, 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 the wildest thing that has come out of TikTok for me in the last year is two things. First is videos of women who are like, I have to show you this thing that happened. So I just recently saw it. This, this young woman, she was getting into her car from her apartment building and she looked across the street and she saw this, this other young woman who was speaking with a man. And she just was like, she's talking to her phone. And I want to be clear for people who are like, well, she recorded this because she was wanting attention. No, she's probably recording because she wants to document because if something happens, at least she's got the documentation. So she's talking to her phone and she's like, I'm really uncomfortable. This seems like this isn't good over here. Like, I feel like I need to go intervene. So with her phone and the camera on herself recording, she walks across the street and goes, hey, girl, I was waiting for you over. Oh, who is this? And starts mm-hmm. treating her, this woman she's never met before. Like I, like I bet we're best friends. We are the best of friends. Yeah. And so this young woman realizes what she's doing and immediately like starts playing into it. And she's like, do I know him? Oh, uh, well we have to go. So I'm sorry. So she grabs this young woman and yanks her and they start taking off running to get to her car. And mm-hmm. she looks at her and goes, do you need a ride? And finds out that this woman needs a ride. Yeah. And again, it's sad that like the reaction to that were people being like, she was doing this for attention. And it's like, you know, she was posting it to show you like this happens. But now like what's happened also is people have started making these things where like, hey, if you're walking around by yourself or if you get into an Uber by yourself, play this video. And it's just a person that's like, hey, girl, where are you? Yeah, no, we're waiting at the, we're waiting at the bar for you. When are you going to get here? Well, let me go order for you. I'm, you're like a minute away. Cool. Um, let me just go order for you. And like the fact you're furthering that the problem, I think I get, I get the point. I get why they're doing it because they're but, trying to like create this opportunity where it's like, if you need this, yeah. but the fact that this exists yes. is where it's like, come on people like we like instead of praising these things like instead of praising the like video like the woman who went across the street and helped that like power to her but like the fact that like people are praising these videos for like being made of like the hey i'm you know like pretending to be on the phone with somebody Mm -hmm. instead of like the men that are in those comments praising this is like oh great idea how about you go tell your friends to stop requiring this to even have to exist yep 
it's it's um I don't think I've taken a single ride by myself since that day but I think it's even more scary now with like Uber and and Lyft and all that because how do you vet how do you vet that and how many how many stories have I'm there have been so many stories in the news of things that have happened to women by taking an Uber or a Lyft Mm -hmm. that I don't even I, I mean I would be I think we would all be shocked at how often it happens that's not being reported by national news, you know? Oh, there are people who are shocked by this. And I want to just preface that this is not a perfect system by any means, but it's a system that has worked for me. I typically only take an Uber or whatever. I typically only take an Uber from a woman if I'm by myself. Mm -hmm. So when I'm looking, if like, and yes, you sometimes, you know, just get what you're assigned. But if I'm not comfortable because I'm, I, I like, I just typically, unless I'm not alone, if I'm with other people, it doesn't matter. But if mm-hmm. I'm by myself, I want a woman to drive me. Same thing with Airbnb. If I'm staying anywhere at an Airbnb by myself, the property manager needs to be a woman mm-hmm. or like a husband and wife. Right. But a woman needs to be involved in the situation. The second that I have a woman involved, I feel better. So like, for instance, when I traveled to Purdue for Nebraska, I found this woman, she had an apartment above where she lived and she was like the nicest person. Like I felt so good with her and I ended up paying, I think just a little bit more to stay with her, but I felt Mm -hmm. so comfortable. I was like this, she in like, she got it. And this is why I said, like, I stay with women because she had like three locks on the door. She's like explaining to me, like, here's how you want to stay safe. And like, Oh, by the way, at night, like you want to park here because it's right next to your entrance. Um, when I went to Oregon for Hillvart, for, I was still with land of 10, but regardless, um, when I went to Oregon, I stayed in an Airbnb with this like older couple, They had a really sweet dog, but I remember like they treated me like I was their daughter and the wife was like, well, when you get home from the football game, will you just, will you just knock on the door so that we know you made it home? (laughs) It was like, this is the freaking Airbnb. Like, right. Like I'm not crying because like I'm upset, but I was just like, that was so nice of them to care. Mm -hmm. But like, that's the reality of like traveling for women. I don't. I don't stay in it. I don't see an Airbnb by myself if the owner is a man, because I don't know what he has. Right. I guess you could make the argument that like women could give those keys to men and like, I'm still in the same spot, but like, I feel a little and bit that's more comfortable. Not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I, just I mean, also... you can't even, sorry, really quick. You can't even like stay in a hotel. Like, so if you want to come and get my mentions and be like, well, then just stay in hotels. Like, please go Google Aaron Andrews and then re- come report back. You mm-hmm. cannot even stay in a hotel safely. So that's the thing is like, it doesn't really matter. You're kind of screwed no matter where you end up. <laughs> that's what I wanted to be like. What I was going to say is this is like further no this just further illustrates the reality that we live in and i wish and i hope that if if no one takes anything else away from this just try to understand like we're not just making shit up this is the reality of the world that we live in constantly being aware i had to work late last night until like 10 o'clock i made sh- damn sure that door was open because i was the o- or open locked locked Come on I made sure it was locked <laughs> uh because there's no way in hell i'm staying here by myself with headphones on not you know with the door open there's no way 
like Brian has gotten over it, but I am constantly checking the locks on the doors. Like the doors need to be locked. I don't care if we're both there. They just need to be locked. Like I, it's just the reality of the world we live in. When we get in our cars, regardless of time of day, the second you get in your car, you have to lock your door. I did that yesterday. I had to take Jax to the vet, my dog, and we got back in, we got back into the car. It's like one in the afternoon. There's not a soul around. Mm -hmm. Um, I get him into the car. I get into the driver's seat and the very first thing, it's just automatic. I just hit lock. And I thought about that. I'm like, you know, when my mom's mom, my grandma was still alive and I moved to my apartment in the old market when I still live there, she was very scared for me because she thought like being out and about by myself and downtown, like she just was like, you have to be careful. She was afraid that I would get attacked. Mm -hmm. And so when I got Jax, I got Jax pretty much right as I moved in and I got him because I wanted a dog, but he is a, he is a like pit bull mix. Mm-hmm. I tell people he's a lab mix. He's not, he doesn't have any lab in him. He's a, he's a pit bull mix of a bunch of different breeds. Um, Jax is the kindest dog on the planet, but because there's such a misconception about pit bulls, which don't even get me started on because yeah. that one, that one I could have an entire episode on as well. Um, but because there's a misconception misconception of pit bulls, people would always think that he's mean to the point where I'll come back to that story. But anyway, because it actually fits really well into this. Um, but she was grateful that I had him because she's like, no one will no one will bother you with this dog. Like they'll at least at the very least look at your dog and be like, I'm not going to mess with her because she has this ferocious dog, even though he's the furthest thing from ferocious. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you, honestly, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if I had Jax with me. And there were times where if he got sick in the middle of the night and we had to go out and it's like two in the morning, I'm like, this is how we die. We're dying together. Um, But to be clear, and this is my point where it really does not matter. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter if you have a dog that people perceive to be a vicious dog. It does not matter because I was walking Jax around the old market one time and I got stopped by a police officer who started harassing me about him because apparently he felt he needed to be muzzled, which by the way, he does not. He does not meet any of the guidelines Mm -hmm. by the Nebraska Humane Society. I adopted from the Humane Society. They explained what that process, like what you have to do if you have a dog that does require to be muzzled. He did not. It was so, it was humiliating because I can't begin to explain like this man, I understand he's a police officer, but this man is, has stopped me in a busy old market area and is harassing me. And I mean, he is harassing me to the point where I I ran home after this conversation, like bawling because I was so embarrassed. I was like, I was so overwhelmed. I felt completely like I felt like this man was just like coming at me. He's basically calling me like everything about like, I'm, you know, I, I'm not being smart and whatever. And it's just like, I called and complained. Mm-hmm. I had his, like, I got his number off of his car and I called and complained, but like, what do they do? They just offer you. And I'm sorry that that happened, but it's like this individual is out there. Like who knows who he's stopping. Right. I mean, like going back to the story of Sarah, her, like she was 
she was quite literally targeted by somebody that is supposed to be a person that protects and serves. Yep. And that's the scary part is like for somebody who might've been in my shoes that day with Jax, they might go, well, it's just a police officer. Why are you getting so upset? Because he's a man and I, he's harassing me on the street. It does not matter that he's wearing a uniform. Yep. I don't know what his intentions are, but right now he's being really aggressive toward me. And your, your reasoning is I need to respect it because he's an officer, but he has every, but he has every right to be berating a 23 year old woman on the street at the time mm. that this happened. Yeah. I mean, this is the stuff where it's like so scary. Cause I'm sitting there in my head and I'm like, I remember in that moment thinking like, what if he t- tries to take my dog? Like, what if he comes mm-hmm. and he's like going to fight me? Like try to like take, dog I'm like, away, yeah. yeah, I'm having all of these moments in my mind of like, what do I do? And like, I get it. Somebody would be like, well, give him, I don't know this person. Like, I don't, right. I, I get really tired of having to justify why things make women uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Yeah. And like, why it's just like, we'll just do this, just do that. And like, we shouldn't have to just do this or that though. We should also be able to exist in the same universe that everybody else does and not be bothered and harassed and assaulted. Like that's, that's what we're trying to say. All women are trying to say that. A lot of you who are listening to this because you have emailed us are men. And we so, so appreciate you uh, listening to this podcast and being a part of this podcast. And we know there are a lot of women that listen to this podcast Mm -hmm. as well. Or you have children, you have young boys and young girls. But the thing is, I ask you to ask yourself and ask your friends this. Ask Ask the men in your life this. When you were growing up, did you ever, were you ever told how to carry keys in your hand? Were you ever told not to park next to a van? That's one that's really interesting. When I say to like men, I'm like, Hey, were you ever aware that you shouldn't park next to a van? Like the sliding part of a van ever. And if you do, you should probably back up and park somewhere else. Or if you come out in the van, like that has parked next to your car, don't get in it. Like, don't even try to get into it. Like, don't walk to your car because you don't know if that door is going to pull open and you're going to get pulled in. Mm -hmm. Like, when you say this to people, it's kind of like they're like, what? What? (laughs) But this is the reality. Have you ever, like, tried to go for a run and had to turn either your headphones all the way off and still have them in so that you could be constantly aware of your surroundings? Did you ever have to I mean, have a, a coworker walk you out to your car because it was a certain time of day? Yeah, I've had like, I've had, and here's a, here's the, here's parts of the stuff that is just, I will be ignoring people. Like if I'm out for a run middle of the day, my headphones are again, sometimes not even on, but, or at least they're never on the noise canceling ever. And you'll have people who still try to, like, you'll have men who still try to talk to you. And then they get upset when you're not, like, engaging with them. Mm -hmm. And those things are just wild to me. Can you just let me exist? Just let me live. Like, I have a right to live just like you do. I'm not bothering you. Don't bother me. I think the thing that bugs me is that, like, in those situations, it's like, I, I don't, owe you anything just because I am alive and existing. Mm-mm. Like I'm not expecting anything from you. So why, why is it automatically to you that I owe you something because I've happened to be here and breathing? Like, I don't understand it at all. I get, I know that there's a lot of work there that needs to be done on 
on peeling back a lot of those behaviors, but like, it, it just baffles me that, that, that is the world that we live in. So I read a really good Instagram post. I think I liked it. I'd have to go find it again. I'm sure it would pop up if I went and looked for it, but I read a really good Instagram post from, no, it was a Twitter thread, excuse me, from a woman who was talking about how she shares a very personal story to how she gets here, but she gets this one point where she was like, we have gotten to a point in our society and now I have a point here. So bear with me, everyone, where she says, like, because she was talking about racism and how um, people who see somebody marry a person of color or marry a black man or woman like, oh, well, they certainly can't be racist. And she's explaining like, that's not true. Um, Somebody who uh, somebody who gets married to anybody can still be anything. Um, But she's explaining that, like, we have gotten to a place in our society where being called racist is like the worst possible thing you can be called. Where in fact, having the acknowledgement of like, we live in a society that perpetuates a lot of these racist undertones and allows these things to exist and to live. If we are not actively acknowledging them and unpacking them for ourselves, that is where we'll never get, we'll never grow forward because we're so focused on not being called racist that we cannot break down what it is that we have unknowingly learned in our lives that do make us racist. And I, I really appreciated the way she said it because she's right. We, we live in a society unknowingly in many cases to ourselves that have taught us things that make us racist and acknowledging that and choosing that that is like the worst possible thing you could be called is not actually helping. Right. It's the same thing with misogyny. And I don't want to like, I don't want to like compare like one is this, or I'm just saying like, if you say to him, if you say to a man, you're at, you're a misogynist or (laughs) it's like, that is the worst possible part of that being told. I, I don't hate women. No, you have grown up in a society that has encouraged young women to wear tank tops with three fingers straps Mm -hmm. because that's what's appropriate and anything else is not. Um, You've lived in a society where you watched young women in your classrooms get told to go to the principal's office for their shorts being too short or their skirts being too short. Mm -hmm. This is the world that we have lived in. So unpacking that and instead of getting so offended when you start to see these things in yourself, instead of getting mad at it by just saying, Yes, there are things that I unknowingly allow to happen because this is just the way I was raised, but it doesn't have to be how I continue to live. I can, I can change these things. So when you see your friend doing something that is horrific, Mm -hmm. horrific, whether that's racist, misogynist, homophobic, whatever, calling that behavior out and saying, "Mm mm-mm. We, we got to unlearn this. Yeah. We can't be like this because this is not acceptable. That is not cancel culture. That is not fragile, like being fragile. That is like it's I, growing. It's, it's it's evolving. Yes. And it is allowing us to create a world that is safe and a world that is I- inclusive. inclusive and everyone. And I just don't understand why that's. I don't get it. Such a big deal for people. I would assume that you want the world to be just as safe for your daughters. It is for your boys, your sons. And I, 
I, when you just said that, that made me think of like, I still hear people joke about it. Oh, my daughter's not dating until blah, 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 blah. Well, your daughter could date before that if boys were raised differently, probably. You wouldn't have to, you know, that stereotypical dad meme, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to, I'm going to dress this boy down. You, yeah. you wouldn't have to do that if the boys were just raised differently to respect women. <laughs> like, <laughs> And teaching sons. So it's not like, I think like teaching your sons to respect women is not just opening the door for them. Like mm-hmm. I get really tired of this whole, it's very tiring. The whole, whatever happened to women liking chivalry. <laughs> it's very, it's very nice. If a, if a man or a woman wants to hold a door for me, mm-hmm. and that's very kind of that person. I, they don't have to, sometimes it's actually awkward and uncomfortable if I'm a bizarre distance away from them and they're holding yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. That happens usually with men. They're like, you might be 20 feet away from this door, but I am going to stand here and hold it for you because I chivalry. Right. Like that is not to say that we cannot just be kind humans to each other. That doesn't right. mean chivalry is dead. In fact, chivalry does not have to like chivalry also can evolve and chivalry is st- stepping up for Mm -hmm. women and understanding that like the world can't continue to operate like this. You cannot, this is the part where Sarah Everard and her story. And I think why this has been such a lightning rod Mm -hmm. to go back to this. She was 33 years old, not that any age is acceptable or better or worse or anything, but it's just like, here's this young woman with her life in front of her. 9 p.m., she walked on well-lit streets. She walked a path she was familiar with. She was talking with her boyfriend on the phone. She did everything that we were told as women to do to improve the safety of getting yourself home. Yep. Just shy of not doing it alone. But in your mind, it's like, I'm on the phone. It's well-lit. I know this path. I should be fine. She never made it home. Sarah is not the only one. She's not the first. She won't be the last. There are women in your life right now who have been assaulted, who have been harassed, who feel fearful, who can't get from point A to point B without feeling like maybe something will happen. Your daughters feel this way. And if they don't get, they they will. Well, at some point. And I don't mean that to make you feel like a monster. Like that is not the goal here. It is awareness. And I think... So this is part of the problem is if you were to say to me, Aaron, what's the solution? Well, part of the solution is having really straightforward conversations with your sons, with the men in your life, with the boys in your life and teaching them that chivalry is not just opening a door, but what real respect looks like and how to like, how, how your how your reaction to something. So your arousal by a woman or your feelings about something is a hundred percent yours. It's yours to own. It is not mine to feel guilty for. It is not mine to deal with. I do not owe you a damn thing. If you look at me and think I'm beautiful and you can't control yourself, that is on you. If you have any kind of that, the thing is, is like women are not responsible for that. Women do not need to carry that weight. I'm responsible for myself and my reactions to things, just like every other man and woman that's listening to this podcast, how you (laughs) react to something is on you. No one else controls that except for you. 
Because I'm going to just say point blank. I have covered sports for nearly a decade now. But even when I was growing up and I like sports, I remember I like it's not one of my favorite sports, but I do like baseball. And I mean by like favorite, it's not like I'm like a diehard baseball fan. Right. Like I don't have teams or whatever, but I like a good baseball game. I have had men who've literally been like, oh, I'm sure you like to, f- I l- I'm sure you just really love the baseball pants. <laughs> literally women don't say that to me, but oh. men have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you think that like I am going to a game so I can stare at them and be like, oh, look at those tight pants. Like, First and foremost, if that is what I think, that is on me. That is not on any single one of those individuals who's just wearing the uniform that they were assigned and given. Like, if you're suggesting that I cannot control any kind of feelings I have because, God forbid, I'm sitting at a College World Series baseball game and the pitcher's pants are tight. Like, what is wrong with you? I, in my job, have had more men comment to me about, oh, you must think this coach is really hot. Oh, you must just get, you must just think. I remember when Fred Hoiberg was hired. Mm-hmm. Oh, is he as handsome in person? Men asked me that question. Right. Women. Are you didn't. asking other men that question? Right. And, but Why see, are you this asking is, me? This I'm is all part of the problem is it's this yep. idea that like, I can't control myself. Yep. And it's like, you know, I can respect any person doing the job, doing the thing that they're doing, living their lives, just, just being a human being and not feel like I need to have them stop doing any of that because it makes me uncomfortable. If I'm suddenly uncomfortable, whose fault is that? Mine. Right. right. But you know, there the was a video that-, that went around, uh, this is probably a week, 10 days ago, maybe a little bit longer but it was of reporters asking men the same questions that they've asked women in interviews. And the men just look at them like, what, what the hell? Like one of them was like, oh, so you broke up with so-and-so. How did that affect your game? But what that video was trying to illustrate is why are we asking women these questions when we wouldn't ask the same thing of their male counterparts? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, just stop and think. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, if you said, well, Aaron, where are some of the solutions, like in the case of Sarah and how to put her into a safer situation, I'm, I wish it was as simple as just, I wish there was a simple answer, but it's going to take time of sincerely teaching. It's taking time teaching boys and men to stop harassing and assaulting women. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean it's going to go a hundred way, a hundred percent, but there is, I mean, you don't see this kind of outcry across the world. If, if women everywhere aren't living it and to yep. the UK for thinking that the, the answer is just to put, to start a pilot program of undercover police officers to patrol clubs and other night spots that I don't feel is the answer because there's nothing like people that you don't know are police officers now patrolling around and just and like planting more men into an environment that is like, I don't know who, who decided that, but it's just, instead of, instead of going down this path of we'll just put more security and we'll just do this. Why not sincerely try to teach men and boys to be better to stop attacking, to stop harassing. And for the record, going back to that Twitter thread I spoke about where she talked about it doesn't matter if 
a white person is married to a person of color. It doesn't mean they're inherently not racist. Um, it's the same thing. Men who've been married with children have attacked, have killed, have harassed, have assaulted women. It does not, it does not matter. These are, these are things that exist in our society and it's ugly and it's uncomfortable. And I, understand the want of men to say but not all men are like this here's the thing all women have to endure it though all women have to endure it and we know we know if you sincerely have our back and we know Mm -hmm. as a woman i know the men in my life that have my back 110 percent and are going to go out and they're going to teach the next generation of men to be the best i know those people but if you're so adamant that you need to keep telling me it's not all men, I'm sorry. Probably it not might one of those be men you. that has my back. Yeah. The one thing I did want to bring up to, as we're coming to a close here, I wanted to read the end of that thread that we started this episode with. It simply says, stop harassing women, stop victim blaming women, and stop burdening women with the weight of other men's actions. A woman should have been allowed to walk home. Mm-hmm. I just... To the women that are listening to this, just know that I always want you to make it home safely. Sasha wants you to make it home safely. To the men who are listening, please, please, please continue to find ways to change the world for the better. Um, I will, I didn't even tell you this, Sasha, we can leave with this, but it felt very fitting um, based on the topic we wanted to talk about. We received an email after our last podcast from Laura. And she really enjoyed our conversation about International Women's Day or basically International Day for misogynists who think they're being supportive. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, she she basically was saying, you know, I'm guessing your significant, significant others come home from work and also share um, about their day just like you do because it's weird. It seems that they have the vocabulary despite the fact that like that's that long-standing joke that like men have spent all day talking and can't talk to their uh-huh. wives or others, significant others when they get home. But she just, you know, she just shared that in Laura, I just want to say I really appreciate you because she just agreed with that show. I hope that you, I hope that this one also um, helps in some way. But she said, you know, thank you for the support for mental health. It's not having fun. It's not fun to have thoughts about suicide when it's the last thing that you want to do. And she just reiterated that she feels loved and needed and thank you. And I know we say this a lot, but... I'm truly grateful for this podcast because I often feel like in this world that I am, I don't want to say alone because I'm not, but a lot of these topics feel very heavy. Mm -hmm. And there are times where I think a lot about the game days where I didn't want to bother people with the fact that I didn't know what I was going to do at midnight when I had to walk home alone. And when we share these things and to get emails like from Laura, who's talking about her significant other and making the joke about international women's day, which you're our people, I get you. Um, but sharing a little bit about her mental health and just, you know, the importance of us talking about it. Like, thank you. Yeah. Because I oftentimes am thinking, you know, is this podcast like 
doing what we wanted it to do, but I hope it is because if it does nothing else like this episode, I hope it opens someone's eyes. I hope it opened your heart just a little bit. I hope that you look at Sasha as the absolute badass that she is and understand that like her life, her life has prepared her so much for where she is now, but we, we can't drop the ball on making the world better so that Sasha's experiences don't have to happen to somebody in the future. Exactly. That's why we do this. And I know that means that this podcast won't be for everyone, but I appreciate those of you that are here. I did want to say like, I, because our listeners have given us this space, was the only reason I was comfortable talking about that today. So I do want to say thank you again, because I know it's not something, it's not easy for me to talk about, but I also am understanding of the fact that it's not easy to hear because it's something that we don't talk about enough as a society. Um, it, you know, it, it takes a lot for women to come forward and tell their stories. And there's a reason for that, but maybe if we make it, um, I'm not, I'm not sure the word I'm looking for. I know that it's uncomfortable for people, but if we just realize the fact that this happens every day to someone, you know, maybe it'll stop being so uncomfortable and we can change everything. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, removing the stigma for people to feel comfortable and step forward because I, I know what you mean. I know where you're going with that. And I'm not, I was trying to think of what the word might be too. And I, I don't know if I have it either, but I think there's just a fear that you're going to be alone or you're going to be told you're wrong or you're going to be told you're weak or you're so all, I mean, in a lot of that I understand is just in our minds because people, when you do say, speak up, say like, I've got your back, but you have to understand it doesn't come without the detractors, without the people who also want to tell you that you miscalculated, you misunderstood, you didn't get the situation. And that really sucks. Yeah. It really does. And I I hope that um, if nothing else, this conversation today is a little bit more eye-opening to anyone who's listening. Um, Even if you haven't gone through it yourself or you haven't experienced some of the things that Aaron and I have, realize that not only us, but some of the other women in your life may not be talking about it because it's, it's the... I mean, it's the world that we live in and we're hoping that by talking about these things that more people become more comfortable having these conversations. And you don't have to share anything, you know, that you're not comfortable with, but we always would love to hear from you at mind your own podcast at hillvarsity.com. We're also on Twitter at Aaron Sorensen and at Sasha 72, which by the way, I saw you change your Instagram handle. And so good thing I'm not giving away. Did you change your Instagram handle recently? Mm Mm-mm. Maybe I'm just really used to your Twitter because I looked, I was looking you up based on your Instagram and I was like, it's not the same. So look, (laughs) it's my, this is my fault. I, I don't know what I'm talking about, (laughs) but we do want to hear from you, whatever you're willing to share, or if you just want to talk about anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much, there's a lot of shit in this world and it's easy to want to brush that shit away and be like, I don't want to pay attention. I don't want to hear it. It's easy to do what I did for 24 hours after you start to see that story on Sarah and be like, I don't want to focus on it. But the thing is, is like at some point, if we don't step up and start focusing on it, we aren't getting anywhere. Right. Exactly. 
Well, Sasha, I just want you to know that I really, really, I love you. I appreciate you. you. I want to go back in time and throw hands on your behalf, but I would still throw hands on your behalf today. <laughs> Same oh, I just, it, I, that is probably the hardest part as a woman is feeling like, how could we, how, like, text me when you get home and feeling like that, that feeling of like, until that text comes. Mm-hmm. The <sighs> worry and the, yeah. Yep. We got to change this, folks. We have to. We have to. That just might have to be the title of this episode. We have to change this. Yeah. Great. Oh, well, appreciate everyone again for listening. Um, we'll be back next week. Yes. And, you know, I always leave these episodes feeling a little bit lighter, but I always feel like, Let's make the world a better place in this next week. So whatever you do over this next week, do something that brightens the world a little bit. Your world, someone else's world, just find a little something that helps brighten the world in some way. Because I think that's the only way we change this is by like piece by piece, person by person, working to make things better. Yes, absolutely. So as we've said before, go do the work and we'll talk to you next. We'll talk to you next week. A Huda Media Production.